Well, this is the last in our series of six broadcasts concerning how a Christian wife may win her unsaved husband to Jesus Christ. We've been looking at 1 Peter 3, verse 1. In that verse, we read this. In the same way, you wives be submissive to your own husbands, so that even if any of them are disobedient to the word, they may be won without a word by the behavior of their wives. Now today we like to read on. Peter continues, as they observe your chaste and respectful behavior. And let not your adornment be external only, braiding the hair and wearing gold jewelry and putting on dresses, but let it be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable quality of a gentle and quiet spirit which is precious in the sight of God. The interesting thing about this passage, as you continue to look at it, and of course there's much more in it than we have been able to even begin to scratch the surface of in these six short broadcasts, but the interesting thing about the passage is that Peter makes it very clear that the husband will not be won by gimmickry. You know, using gimmicks, using... Uh, uh, little techniques and tricks to win your husband is exactly what Peter says is wrong. And indeed, even what I've said thus far, everything I've said in the last five broadcasts about aggressive submission, really becoming the kind of wife you ought to be, can be a gimmicky kind of thing. It can be used for the wrong purpose. It can be used in order to win your husband. You say, I thought that's what Peter wanted us to do, and I thought that's what you said we could do. I thought we were out to win our husbands. Oh, yes. That must be your purpose, but that must not be your first purpose. Your first and primary purpose must transcend the desire to win your husband. Your first purpose in all of the change that we've been talking about that's required of you by God must not be to see that husband come to Christ. Your first purpose must be to please God who told you to do it. You see, many wives forget that. The only thing they're interested in is in winning their husbands to Christ. Now that's a laudable purpose. There's nothing wrong with that purpose. But every good thing can become a bad thing when it becomes more important than God himself. You see, your attitude in this whole endeavor must be different from that. Your attitude must be not that you will change in order to win your husband, period, or exclamation point, but that you will change in order to please God whether your husband comes to know Christ or not. In 1 uh, Corinthians 7, when Paul is talking about winning husbands to Christ or winning wives to Christ for that matter, he speaks about both sides of the picture there. He talks about not leaving an unsaved husband or leaving an unsaved wife, but that the believer ought to remain in marriage and in a marriage relationship in order that if uh, the gospel being in that home and the person of the believer, if God so pleases that gospel through the believing partner may actually be the means of winning the other partner, the unbelieving partner, to the Lord. And so Paul makes it very clear that this may or may not happen. God makes no absolute promises about this matter. He does not promise 
in in either in 1 Corinthians 7 or in 1 Peter 3 that in every case when the wife lives as she should that the husband will come to know the Lord. All he is describing in those two passages and in this passage is the conditions under which God will use a wife to become a fruitful witness to her husband. In other words, what Peter is saying is that if the husband is going to be one, this is how it will happen. If the wife is going to be a good witness to him, it's not by her nagging him with the gospel, but it's by the way she lives that gospel in its results, in its power, in its changing and transforming power before that husband. That's what Peter's saying. So he doesn't give you an absolute certainty that the husband will be one in some mechanical way at the point where you begin to live as you ought to in some mechanical fashion. This is not a gimmick, not a technique, not something that is like a machine that is going to happen every time in exactly the same way. So you see your secondary goal may be never achieved. You might be disappointed in that goal. You may never win your husband to Christ. But if that is a secondary goal, not the primary one, if your primary goal is to be the kind of wife that God wants you to be to his honor, to glorify and please him, then you will never be frustrated, even if your husband doesn't come to know Christ. This is what Peter is talking about in verse 4 when he talks about not... Uh, only the outward kind of things that you can do to look beautiful on the outside for the sake of your husband. But, he says, let it be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable quality of a gentle and quiet spirit, which, now notice this next phrase, is precious in the sight of God. He's concerned about how God sees you in this relationship to your husband. He's concerned about the motive, the prime motivating factor in your life. Is it to please God or is it as a gimmick to win your husband that you're making these changes? Pleasing God must be the inner motive that then shines forth in outer attitudes and actions like a gentle and quiet spirit. And you see, it's not just then a matter of becoming more attractive sexually or other ways to your husband by your adornments and so on, but it's that gentle and that quiet spirit that in particular, along with that chaste and respectful and submissive behavior, will win your husband. But all of this is a byproduct. You can't really seek it directly in and of itself. It's a matter of you becoming what you ought to be before God. It's a matter of that inner beauty of the inner person. This is what you must have. The prime motive is not winning your husband, but pleasing your God. Then you can't fail to reach that goal. If you become the kind of wife that God wants, even if your husband does not become the kind of husband that you want, nevertheless, you can rejoice in the fact that you have pleased God and brought honor to his name even in front of that husband. But I want not to discourage you by this word. I want to encourage you as Peter does. There's encouragement and hope in this verse. I'm sure that there are many husbands today who would come to know Christ were their wives to begin to be what they ought to be in the sight of God, 
were wives willing to respect that authority of God vested in their husbands, even if the husband himself does not really, in his own life, harmonize with that authority of God. They can, like the soldiers, salute the uniform, even if not the man. And they can begin to live as they should, recognizing that God requires this of them, and that it is God whom they must please and that it is God who will bring the blessing and the joy and the peace and the happiness that they seek, even if the period is a long and dry one. Lord, we pray that you will truly bless wives who think about this matter and win many husbands through them to Christ. For his sake, amen.